0: goodness, beauty, and truth. I feel like those are three things when tied together, you end up with something quite exciting.
1: And yeah, we can just get so blasé about uh, these amazing claims, these amazing miracles, but to to really stop and go, oh, wow, (laughs) that's that's the, the miracle at the heart of our faith. Welcome to Imaginative Discipleship. I'm your host, Caleb Woodbridge. Uh, I've just had a few teething tangles on this first episode, so the video and audio quality isn't quite uh, what I was hoping it would be, but I'm sure you'll still enjoy the discussion. Just please bear, bear with me and subsequent episodes will uh, be a bit better. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Imaginative Discipleship podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, start chatting about uh, the intersection of uh, faith and imagination uh, and I'm really pleased to be uh, joined by uh, my friend uh, Rachel. Hi, Rachel.
0: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And yeah, I'm Rachel Redeemed from London. I wear many hats and... This evening, I am very excited to be chatting about imaginative discipleship, but I can't not begin by asking you to define your terms,
1: sir. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it does uh, somewhat beg the question of what is imaginative discipleship? So, yeah, very fair question. Yeah. So, let's uh, take it apart. Imagination, discipleship, and then why put the two together? So, uh, imagination. Uh, well, it seems to me that imagination is something we often take for granted. It's something we perhaps think is the, the realm of artists and writers and creative types. And we forget that uh, we're all using the imagination all the time uh, because the imagination is uh, that um, part of our, our thinking that uh, lets us uh image things in, in our minds uh, to uh, not just visually but uh, also other senses um, to uh, recall things to to uh, Mix and match and transform things so that you can uh, come up with things that don't don't exist or don't exist yet, uh, and so it's a really amazing thing that we're we're doing all the time to uh, understand things and to remember things and to uh, explore new possibilities.
0: Yeah, I'm in for that. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear. I mean, I'm imagining if people are tuning in, they have a an understanding of what discipleship is, but in case. We are not there. Could you get us on the same page with discipleship? And I mean, there's a whole series to come. We're going to be unpacking what it means. But yeah, if yeah. you could give us a start of a 10 on how those two things go together.
1: Uh, I've already recorded an episode uh, spending an hour going into far more into far more depth on that question with uh, Ted Turnow, who's thought about this uh, really deeply. So um, that's just like a... Uh, sort of starter for 10 come come back for for that discussion i'm really right. excited Super. to share that um uh but yeah discipleship too another another big thing uh so i'm talking about christian discipleship following jesus and uh, i'm assuming that most of the people who would be attracted to listening to a podcast about imaginative discipleship are, are likely to be um christians themselves if you're not if you're christian curious and listening in you you're, okay. <laughs> you're very welcome uh, and i hope you get uh, something out, uh, out of it but but yeah i think um uh, as a christian i believe that uh, jesus is god who really came in history uh, as a human being to uh, to make God known, to uh, speak to us, to uh, reveal himself uh, to us and to um, to save us from our sins, to give us a new way of living, to bring us into relationship mm. with the God who made us. And that's where we find uh, real meaning and purpose uh, and uh, identity. So there's a whole uh, incredible... Um, a story of salvation that is both um, myth and history. It's fact and meaning united. It's satisfying both to the reason and to the imagination. Um, Obviously, those are big claims. If you're not a Christian, you might not be fully on board on that. And um, that's perhaps something we can do something about exploring how we how, how how we know all that what the grounds for that are but uh, i'm going to sort of um ask you to suspend your disbelief if you're not already on board with that but um i think um yeah it, it G, following jesus he's um He's the one we're we're excited about as Christians. We um, it's not just something that's true, but also there is a real beauty in Jesus and in following him. And I think um, part of the reason that the imagination is important for Christian discipleship is that it helps us pursue the the goodness and beauty uh, of um of jesus and of uh following him as well as the the sort of truth claim uh that uh is there so um yeah we need goodness beauty and truth all uh bound up together um in order to have a faith that is meaningful and that speaks to our, our full humanity so um so yes that's uh that's why I think imagination is is important to discipleship why um thinking about imagination and discipleship can uh deepen um what it means to follow Jesus and to become more like him and can help us on that journey. So yeah, lots lots more to unpack, but that's that's hopefully a good uh starting point.
0: Yeah, I love that. Goodness, beauty and truth i feel like those are three things when tied together you end up with something quite exciting uh, <laughs> yeah. But take me back to why this i love an origin story but tell me both why imaginative discipleship and why now
1: yeah um so around a year ago um i realized i'd have uh a little bit more time for um uh, sort of side projects alongside what i do as as a day job in, in in christian publishing and so I was just thinking about oh um uh what's um what is it i should be uh should be doing and it happens that um a guy called Andrew Peterson, who's uh, a singer-songwriter, an author, Mm -hmm. the founder of (laughs) The Rabbit Room, um, which is um, a a community around uh, faith and creativity. he um, he was doing a concert in in Cardiff and uh, his, his music is really um, it, it speaks both to the uh, the sorrows of of life and to uh, Christian hope uh, in the midst of uh, life's uh, both joy and um uh, and darkness and uh for, for me and, and my wife uh we had it on a, an awful lot through the the dark winter of lockdown it really helped us through that time so we're really excited Thank to hear, hear him live yeah great uh do, do you have a favorite song by the way or favorite track <laughs>
0: i love the burning edge of dawn uh mm. i was listening to it today um uh, yeah. but yeah al- always good uh there's many much appreciations um different ones for different seasons I feel Um, yeah yeah. so yes his music is particularly resonant as are his writings in this home so much appreciation and exciting how that started kickstart things for you do go on
1: yeah um but as well as the concert um uh my um pastor uh dave hi dave uh if you're listening uh he um hosted an evening round at his house which was a sort of evening to uh and he invited round some of the um creatively inclined people from the church to come and um hang out with andrew peterson and that was really cool and um uh we sort of peppered him with questions about faith and creativity and that was Really good fun, just to sort of um, interact in that really uh, friendly, low-key uh, uh, context. Uh, but coming back from that, I was I was really sort of fired up. I was looking back at a lot of the um, uh, writing I've done for different um, uh, blogs and um, publications, so um, the Fred's um, Evangelical Alliance Young Adults site. I'd, done some stuff on there stuff on my own blog and um stuff for the christian research journal and other places and a lot of it had sort of been on the intersection of uh faith and story and imagination as as like thinking ah imagine imaginative discipleship and um so I, i decided to title newsletter I started a year ago bigger on the inside because stories like Doctor Who's TARDIS or like the wardrobe to Narnia um, are bigger on the inside. People are bigger on the inside. The the stories we um, believe in and are inspired by are sort of bigger on the inside in terms of meaning and stuff. But um, with that theme of imaginative discipleship running running through, and as I've gone on, I've wanted to sort of press into that particular thing a bit more and and sort of uh, start having some conversations to, to unpack that so um yeah it was it was really nice because i was able to do uh a seminar at Hutchmoot uk where andrew peterson was uh speaking in oxford this this summer Hutchmoot um uh this side of the atlantic there's an american one um uh happening roundabout uh now uh but um uh it was nice because that sort of felt like having received some enrichment and um, uh, uh, inspiration from him and from that community to sort of be bringing, bringing something back into that context. Uh, But um, yeah, if you're, if you're a rabbit, if you're um, uh, a fan of Andrew Peterson and uh, Hatch Mute and all of that stuff, um, uh, Rachel and I, we're we're both involved a bit on the online UK mute community. So hopefully some of you are listening in. Um, Hello to you. But hopefully it'll be of of, of wider interest as well to uh, to all sorts of um, uh, Christians, whether... uh just everyday christians or church leaders or um uh yeah uh two christian creative types but as i was suggesting earlier imagination is for everyone it's not just uh for those of us who um uh think of ourselves as 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 creative so if you don't feel you've got a creative bone in your body hopefully i can convince you otherwise even if you're not um going to launch a career as an artist
0: (laughs) Uh, You had a really good thing on that. There was something to do with metaphors. And I think you used the example, um, argument is war. Mm -hmm. And if you switch that for dance, your brain does something different. Yeah. Can you can you riff off that for me
1: oh yeah so um uh there's a book um metaphors we live by um and um uh, one of the arguments the 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 authors um make is just around how much our, um the way we we think and live and act is shaped by um by the metaphors that we that we use um, so yeah um uh, argument is war is is one of the examples because it means that you can go on the attack or the defense uh, you can um uh, um yeah you can you can win or lose an argument um but um uh yeah, if you if you swap out that metaphor for something different, such as um such as a dance or a quest or something else, then that suggests very different ways of approaching it, which might not be so um zero-sum uh uh one side versus another, but uh, might be more um more collaborative uh in in interaction and yeah I think um, <laughs> I, um, I enjoy a good debate but um, that's not necessarily um, that's not always the best tool for uh, approaching that and so I think having um, being able to refresh the way we think about things to reimagine um how we do stuff, having fresh metaphors uh can really help us to to find new ways of uh of approaching things that um can be yeah enriching um yeah can you can you think of any other examples
0: i think well my my reason for kind of latching onto that one was because I think it changes how we think about mm-hmm. something which if we're struggling to bring imagination and our words together. With that one as a, as a lived example, you kind of feel it um, as opposed to it's just a concept that's yeah. logically out there. You're like, oh, I know, you know, if argument becomes a quest or if it becomes a dance, it, it takes on a whole nother meaning, which, yeah, allows mm-hmm. for a bit more scope. And it kind of takes a little bit. It takes us back a little bit to then have another look at something. And I think that's what I've been really interested in. With the kind of, yeah, a fresh look at something and looking at how we can uh, see things from someone else's shoes, perhaps, mm. uh, with our imagination impacting our empathy.
1: Yeah, um, definitely.
0: But where for you did you kind of either first spot this in the Bible or what are some of the verses that you've been going to that are kind of key for kind of coming at it from a, from a, a biblical perspective?
1: Yeah, Um I, th- I think um it's something that as someone who's very into books and stories and literature studied English literature at, uh university i've always been been interested in and um yeah just thinking about um uh, how that that interacts with my faith so i guess um some of the stuff that kind of planted seeds i've got to credit um andrew fellows who was director of Le Brie fellowship he's um now um, a pastor church writer but it's a really sharp uh thinker and he did some fantastic um talks on sort of um sign symbol and spiritual reality and on the relationship between reason and imagination that sort of um uh, yeah, have laid 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 some uh, laid some foundations, planted some seeds. Have uh, done there, got me onto people like Owen Barfield and some of his ideas about uh, uh, stuff. Which um, uh, that's that's a whole other cat can of worms but um uh if you've read Piranesi uh by um Susanna Clark there's some really interesting connections there in terms of she's drawing on some of the same same ideas in uh in that so uh, um hopefully I can do an episode on that sometime uh but um yeah I'll have to
0: come back for that one because uh, (laughs) that that one flew straight over my head but I know there's a listener out there who is stoked that you just mentioned those people
1: (laughs) yeah 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 and that's um that's a little um uh, uh yeah uh <laughs> perhaps niche but all, all uh all, all three of us who got those references will be very excited
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so pleased for you i have your joy and zeal through you great
1: um, um, but, but but um yeah i think um in terms of the bible yeah, because it's it's one of those things where um, the word imagination doesn't come up that much, um, and when right. it does, it's often quite negative, sort of warnings against vain imaginings and and stuff, and sort of connecting it with idolatry and uh, all of all of that bad stuff. Um, but if you step back and sort of look. Um, first of all how imaginative the bible is in terms of how it comes to us and how it engages us how much of its story how much of its poetry sort of all the apocalyptic stuff like revelation mm. which uh, I, I i love um all of the Dragons and uh, and yeah, uh, bowls and images and yes. f- oh, f- f- fire. Maybe we stuff. come back to
0: that one. Yeah, yeah. My husband's memorising it at the moment, and oh, so I amazing. keep getting bits of it. And I was thinking about it in relation to your podcast, being like, "Oh my days, I'm yeah. feeling this." But I was, I need to just sorry. Please continue, sir. I'm getting <laughs> too excited. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And um, so, so one of the um, yeah, one of the things that had a big impact on me was on the Christian camp container just was when we did the book of revelation we had a dramatized reading of the whole thing mm-hmm. on, um the first oh, evening day. um sort of people ah. on trumpets sort of getting oh. everyone to join in for the great multitudes um yeah various different um sort of uh sound effects and roles being played Something. and stuff it was it really brought it to life um, and and also the bible um uh there's, there's different things we we're created in the image of a um, creator god. There's various biblical affirmations of our um, the goodness of um, artistic endeavor, um, such as um, in the the building of the temple and people. Yes, given- Bezalel. Yes. Episode, yes. Um uh, Exodus Aww. 32 being given um the Holy Spirit. Um oh, uh, first to, person to in the Bible. Create. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so there's there's lots lots going on. And so I think the big Bible idea when it comes that's central to understanding our humanity is that of the heart. And when you mm. understand that the heart is it's fallen, but then it's the part of us that's redeemed, then um, the, yeah, that's uh, that's really key, because it's uh, the imagination reveals our hearts, which is why so often it's it's spoken of negatively, but also it's our hearts that are uh, redeemed in Christ, and so our imaginations must be redeemed as well. Uh, and I think, um uh when the Bible talks about the eyes of the heart for example mm. uh that connects really closely with uh, the sort of biblical concept um, of um the, uh yeah that's a sort of Bible language which I think corresponds to what we now call imagination even though um the, t- the terminology doesn't really uh, quite map onto the the Hebrew or Greek Greek terms uh, directly and um, so yeah so I think there's lots of exciting stuff going on there um, mm.
0: and what is currently shaping the way that you're engaging with scripture or prayer or generally churchy <laughs> things as <laughs> to pull it into the the rub of what does it look like for you where is this stuff kind of mm. hitting for you at the moment
1: so uh, one of the things I'm using is Sophie Killingly's creative devotional, creative spiritual journal drawn near. So I'm finding that right. really fun to make use of. Um, uh, something I've also, coming from a um, very low church, independent evangelical background, um, liturgy isn't really something that's been there in my um Background often viewed with suspicion, sort of, it's rather stiff and formal and not spontaneous, and all of uh, this kind of thing, Um, often a bit too Catholic uh, or uh, 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 viewed with suspicion. And there might be some some validity to some concerns, but I I think um, uh, James K. Smith has written about you are what you love and uh, on the practices that shape our hearts and um, how the the heart is, um, yeah, discipleship is a way to curate your heart, uh, to be attentive to and intentional about uh, what you love is one of the things he says in, uh, you are what you love, um, and yeah, just how how habit and uh, repetition can help um, drill things down and help them um, sink yeah. sink into our imaginations on a deep level. Now, I think there's also an important part for the more spontaneous side that sort of refreshing the familiar and sort of coming at it from a completely new and uh, creative approach so that it strikes you afresh. I think it is really helpful. And so I've actually been um, uh, using the sort of Anglican daily prayer and praying some of the uh, sort of more liturgical prayers and using that in my uh, quiet time and really been finding that quite, quite helpful and rich in terms of uh, how much, um, how much Bible there is in there and how many prayers sort of uh, drawn and based on um on the Bible and um yeah finding that um better than just the often quite um uh repetitive stuff I might <laughs> might just rattle through yeah. myself. Um, and also yeah. uh, Every Moment Holy is um, yeah. f- um, by uh, Douglas Mcilvey from Rabbit Room Press is yeah. and, and other things sort of in the liturgical bents that I've been f i have been I found enriching as well. So yeah, yeah. so the, uh, I think um those are some yeah. of the things that have been been helping me me recently.
0: Yes, volume.
1: What's what's, yeah, Nick?
0: Sorry, I was going to riff off that. uh, If you were about to say what has been striking me, I can similarly say for uh, volume one and two of Every Moment Holy, it has. I've I've just drawn (laughs) joined the dots in this moment uh, that it's helped me step into the shoes of others in Mm. some of the liturgies for something that I haven't experienced but don't really have the words for that, or when I have experienced something particularly. death, grief and hope, uh, if I've not butchered the title, uh, to put that into my own heart and for my own heart to start Mm. to imagine and take hold of some of those words uh, is, again, it's the metaphor thing. It's having the imagination and words is changing how I'm thinking about the situation before me. Um, That's been doing my heart good, I think. Also, again, I've been pondering this for some time as I had the privilege of going to your uh, lecture on this at the Hutchmoot as well. So the kind of outworking of a praise a year and a great spiritual pit stop of a M.O.T., as it were, on an <laughs> O'Call holiday in Italy, of all places. Yeah. Uh, we, we did re- Revelation and we did the Letters to the Churches. Oh, uh, yeah. That was fantastic. And so for John, my husband and I, uh, we really felt challenged on that. And John was very motivated to memorize Revelation. And so we've been dwelling in that bit when it describes Jesus and it's just Hmm. epic. And we just don't give time or space to these bits of the Bible often, perhaps in our tradition, maybe. Uh, And for John to be reading that, we've kind of looked at it together and to have him just say it without reading it has been heart-rippingly transformative mm. and that bit where it describes it and it's all crazy amazing and then you get the tenderness of, of this mm. amazing person who's just been described who reaches down and like reaches out to mm. John who's lying face down <laughs> kind of you know freaked out the whole thing so um, it, it, that's kind of the juxtaposition of the two and then being able to kind of put myself in in that situation, to step into that kind of story, to know that Jesus has that kind of love and tenderness to me. But he is that amazing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: thinking gentle and lowly, for those who have appreciated that from Dane Ortland. Um, I, through a lot of sadness over the year, uh, have listened to that probably in the region of 10 times, but I have fallen asleep mm. through much of it because I did get through it, obviously, a- awake at some point, but then used it um, as a sleeping aid. <laughs> So uh, to hear the heart of Jesus for me and to really try and take hold of that has been really, really, really transformative to living in that. Um, and yeah, not kind of being twee with it and not uh, being kind of airy fairy, but knowing that Jesus heart is for me and there is beauty that we can. There we go. That's your three strands from earlier. Uh beauty truth and goodness i feel i've experienced those mm. um in more of a intense way and just literally was it yesterday i finished listening through the bible in just over a month and wow again i would heard about this uh, someone did it on the internet and i was like i should give that a go a couple of years ago oh, again just is that gone. like
1: seven 70 hours or so
0: something i did it times two speed with my friend uh oh, yeah. <laughs> can highly recommend especially i have so much respect for anyone who can get through the bible in a year that's amazing yeah I have so much respect so it's just different personality types so who, who, who did um, you
1: listen to which which recording
0: a bit of a mix it was the nlt uh, oh, yeah. and uh, on the bible app uh, you version uh, as a plan uh, and i then when i was on the underground listened to the amplified which is a very <laughs> different translation but yeah uh, the mix was good would recommend the nlt if you're going to go for a listen through um i might try and gather some tips at some point but um yeah allowing oh hello so sorry about that um allowing different ways of my own thinking and my own approach shape how i engage with god's word has been formative for my own spiritual walk um, and I want to keep going and keep thinking about how imagination is going to keep shaping that and to keep growing in my faith, not just, uh, no one wants to stagnate, but especially after the MOT in summer, you're like, no, this is important. Uh, this is more than just kind of a tick box on a on a Sunday or uh, kind of five minutes and getting out the door. Um, this is really important, folks.
1: Yeah, I think such a key thing for our discipleship is, having a right way of imagining God so you're just saying about how um yeah that vision from revelation and sort of um uh, listening to Daniel Orton's thing and um uh yeah I guess um it's it's like that question that um, sometimes ask if someone says they don't believe in God, uh, what kind of God don't you believe in? Because uh, um, that's quite useful to unpack what what people have in mind. But I think um, yeah, so often, so many um, issues in the Christian life. Uh, come out of having a distorted uh, way of imagining God and having our imagination renewed so that it's deepened and brought more into 3D by um, bringing in more of the Bible and understanding that better to sort of fuel our imaginations. It means that we're not just sort of making up some idea of God, but it's actually bringing to life what's what he's revealed to us um and it's so much um uh he's often so much better than the sort of sunday school stained glass window uh type ideas that uh that we might might have yes. of him um yeah yeah uh, so fr- from some of the stuff you've um found helpful. How's, how's that really impacted on the way you see God and see Jesus?
0: I think it's a challenge to keep an eye out for when it comes up. And just recently rewatching Thor, Love and Thunder, <laughs> and just kind of clocking how much of a, it's like good and bad at the same time of showing, ah, this is what people think. I worship or th- people, mm. this is what people think about God. And also subtly, if I've just sat myself for two hours watching something that's telling me what gods are like, I will be inheriting. I will be shaped by that story. Mm. And so, uh, no spoilers, but it is about gods who are terrible and <laughs> what they expect for people to do for them and all of this jazz. And it it is both subtle and blatantly obvious where they're going with it. But it's just, it's interesting. They don't even go near Jesus, but they also kind of allude to God in the Yahweh sense. And the closest they got at one point was some thunder and lightning. I was like, well, I'll, I'll give them that. You know, we, we've got <laughs> some of that going on on Sinai. So, you know, but I think catching ourselves where we, even if I say to somebody Uh, oh, what do you think of as God? And then, kind of, what's the first thing that comes into your head? is often, if I was to think about it from the perspective of a friend, it's actually often what I think God is like. Mm -hmm. So, if I think of the grandfather figure, or if I think of the kind of grumpy schoolmaster, um, those are the things that actually hang on, I need to reshape that in my imagination, pray and seek scripture and community to help let that be reformed. And so, that was something I felt was really helpful for, um, the Dane Orton book, Gentle and Lowly, I felt that really stopped me from thinking kind of those stereotypes of those things that we think we don't think, but actually sneak in more than we think they do. Um, what things do you think have shaped you for good or ill in this realm?
1: Yeah, I think... There's um, yes, certainly... Um, One of the things that shake me a lot in the background is a a kind of very um, uh, Calvinist view of God. And I think I'd still consider myself a Calvinist in some senses, but I think there's certain forms of that where it ends up sounding like God is this black hole demanding worship and devotion to sort of... um, uh, so that he's glorified and so it's all about glorifying him in a way that sort of makes him sound like he's he's a thing and um uh, all of uh, it doesn't matter how all of the evil in the world doesn't really matter because it's glorifying god and that can go in a really sort of dark direction and and um, I think just recovering the sense that God is self-giving love, that Father, Son, and Spirit are, are overflowing um with with love and goodness and it's out of that overflow that God creates. So whatever we understand God's glory to mean it's not some selfish grasping thing, but it's it's actually some um o- overflowing uh life-giving uh thing has really been important and um I think Mike Greaves' um book The Good God on that it was something that was really yeah. ha- helpful just in terms of um Yeah, um, getting that more Trinitarian understanding of the the love between Father, Son and Holy Spirit and how absolutely foundational that is for having a God who is um, self-giving rather than grasping. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I
0: think even in our political kind of week in, week out, things that we do that happen to kind of go along with being a Christian, have a chance to be kind of dunked in the imaginative discipleship, die and kind of come out and see what sticks and and Mm. see what we can take into the next week. I think I've, um, not for a while actually, but I've previously really valued using my imagination in sung worship when gathering together Mm. and singing you know in whatever way that looks usually in my experience with some form of a band that might not be for everyone listening but um allowing myself to position myself in different places in the story whether that's one that we are hearing that Mm -hmm. Sunday or whether often for me it would be putting myself at the foot of the cross which is usually where I don't end up and where I need to be um but having that as as a using my kind of mind's eye yeah. the eyes of my heart that has been really helpful in just helping me meet in that moment and not thinking oh so and so's singing lovely harmonies or so and so oh I haven't seen them in ages or like oh where's the service sheet you know it's easy to be so familiar with these things that we don't engage in the moment um whether that in song worship or actually it was a seminar at Hutchmoot 2019 <laughs> uh, in the UK that really challenged me on what I think about when I pray. Um, I'm sure I'll do a complete disservice to it, but something that I took away was about even visualizing meeting with Jesus to pray and in a place and a space that's physical that mm. you can kind of go there. And again, you don't want to get run, you don't want to run away with these things, but to add them into your life of your regular habits of worship in the sense of what you do with your time and energy. Um, often, yeah, prayer can be a shopping list. Um, but often, if I incorporate that visual in, it slows me down. It makes me think more about what I'm saying. Because if I'm if imagining Jesus right there, then I'm going to really think about what I'm going to say to him. And mm. allowing me to often receive some of the tenderness that is there, for example, having informed my logical brain with the gentle and lowly type material. Uh, Sorry to anyone who hasn't listened to that, I'm quoting it a lot, but it is that Jesus is for us and loves us deeply and we think he's there with a clipboard and actually he's there saying, I'm so excited for you, keep running, keep going, Uh, even though he's already won the race for us. Um, So taking those aspects that are true, but painting them in with colour in a way that when I sit and meet uh, with God in a way, Bible open, you know, with other people in... Sung worship in whatever way i'm doing it if i'm on the tube with my eyes closed on the way into work um allowing those moments to be more uh informed by more than just uh what i think i should be doing and allow a bit more space for what could be happening um i feel i've i've opened up the door to all sorts of things there what do you think about that
1: yeah no i i think yeah um Often Christians talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, but it can feel like quite an abstraction um, Mm -hmm. rather than um, an actual lived experience. And I think um, another book that's helpful on that is Julian Hardiman's Jesus Lover of My Soul, and he talks Mm -hmm. about um, uh, from the Song of Songs how um, Jesus is – um, the bridegroom and he um uh, delights for his beloved to turn his um to turn our f- face towards him and I think um it's easy to have uh not rationally but sort of lurking in the back of our minds this feeling of uh, oh um. Yeah, God with the clipboard, sort of um taking the attendance register and oh you didn't have your quiet time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, rather than uh being delighted um to uh, to see us and receive us because we are adopted as, as as children. He's he's the father who um delights in us. Jesus is um the um the husband who who loves his bride and and mm. yeah mm. just all of these rich biblical images that speak to our imagination that just help us to um grasp something of god's god's love for us more deeply so yeah i think um uh pushing into those into uh, yeah like you say with songs as well they we can can really help help us put ourselves into the reality of things. Like Andrew Peterson's, um, his heart beats um, is yeah. fantastic because it's like just focusing in on that moment. So there, there must have been that sort of before and after of Jesus coming back to life, where the body was cold in the grave, and then suddenly that heart starts beating again. And just mm-hmm. thinking about the miracle of that and the physical reality of that of what that actually means and. Uh, that is a a staggering <laughs> staggering thing to have uh to have happened and yeah we can just get so blasé about uh these amazing claims these amazing miracles but to to really stop and go oh wow <laughs> that's uh, that's that's the the miracle at the heart of our faith um jesus mm. rising from the dead and um mm. yeah um, it's it, it helps us slow down it helps us um, grasp those truths more deeply
0: mm, Hallelujah I want to keep talking to you <laughs> yeah. about this uh, which I think is a good sign I want to ask yeah. two questions uh, and then we, we must land but uh, what is one thing that you have been surprised by on this journey of investigating imaginative discipleship if you can say you've investigated it and uh, what is one thing uh, that you are looking forward to in the coming series.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I've been pleasantly surprised as to people aren't using the label necessarily, but I think there is a real hunger for for this kind of stuff, for this sort of imaginative renewal, and you see that in some of the books um, uh, like Gentle and Lowly, and like other stuff that's that's going on, and, and there's people doing great things i'm excited to, to talk to people exploring different aspects in more more detail like mary mccampbell on uh empathy and imagination which we've touched on but not had a chance to go into and um, so 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 i think i think this is a a fruitful lens and the 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 label is a useful one for sort of naming a trend that's already happening that lots of people are already thinking about, um, and uh, I think it's I, th- I think it's important in our cultural moment. I think. it it it's it's realizing that perhaps some of our assumptions, our uh, ways of imagining things have grown a bit stale and we need to go back back to the Bible and back to um sort of some of the riches of the Christian tradition to re rediscover and refresh ourselves uh, imaginatively. Um and also the just the challenges um um of bridging the gap to a more um, secular culture, one that's much less familiar with the Christian story, there's there's more of a a, a gap of knowledge and understanding to to cross, and so uh, you have to really think hard about how to engage people's imaginations, just so they can begin to understand what Christians really believe, let alone. Um, uh, have any consideration of whether it's true or relevant for them or not um yeah so i think um uh both for us within the church and for our our outreach just this imaginative renewal um is 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 uh, um is really needed but it's encouraging that lots of people are at uh, uh tackling that from different angles. Um, yeah, was was there a second question? I'm sort of losing track.
0: I think. Well, you've kind of touched on both. It was both what you were surprised by, if anything, and looking forward to. But I'm oh, already yes. looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. And- so,
1: so yeah, looking forward to. Look, yeah, looking 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 look forward to that because yeah, I'm not approaching this as an expert. I feel like I am a rookie. Disciple and a rookie discipler. I mean, there's, I try to be um, supporting the other Christians around me in my um, sort of church and sort of small small group and and so on. But um, I, I I'm not doing this from a, a place of great expertise or saying that um, this is some new technique that I've discovered that we should all be paying attention uh, to these ten, t- t- 10 steps to more imaginative discipleship. It's, it's more sort of going, um, this is something I can see that people are doing. I want to learn how to do it better myself and um, hopefully along the way um, have join in with an existing conversation pull together some threads and um, to um yeah just uh help help surface these questions so that we we think more deeply about um something that the the church has always been wrestling with christians have always been wrestling with but we perhaps haven't quite had um uh this language to sort of focus on us in on this angle on it mm-hmm. um so yeah
0: mm. cracking where can we hear more from you
1: um so f- um you can find the podcast at uh, imaginative discipleship.com Um you can uh subscribe on uh iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh I'm also posting the videos on uh YouTube if you prefer to to watch things, uh see see some faces, try and work out what's on my bookshelf behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: or enjoy the fact that if anyone is watching, I'm currently down as John Redeemed instead of Rachel Redeemed, <laughs> which I've enjoyed greatly.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that'll translate out once it's it's all been edited, yes. but we'll see. Um but uh yeah. <laughs> um yes. Uh but yeah, I, I think um and um yeah. All of this will be going out as well on the bigger on the inside newsletter, and I'm uh, going to be continuing uh, to write articles as well as doing podcasts. So, um, if you want to get that as well, indeed, if you want to, if you like what I'm doing and want to um, uh, become a supporter and uh, take out a paid subscription, that's that's very uh, uh, welcome. Um, And uh, yeah, so. uh, but yes it's all um free to access and uh, um, might be a few occasional extras for supporters but um uh, just uh, um yeah join in let me know what you think leave a review or comment or um uh in- engage on um Twitter um I'm at Caleb bridge on um on there and there's also imaginative discipleship profiles that i've i've just been setting up for for updates on on this specifically so um yes we're <laughs> uh find me wherever you like to um do stuff on on online and trying to get, get get it all out there as widely as possible so um yes uh,
0: wonderful and i'm imagining the show notes will be stuffed full of uh some <laughs> goodies that we've talked about or the description wherever you're accessing this from
1: yeah yeah so uh yes and um yeah hopefully it can help uh um flag up some some good good resources um both ones i know about and i can can learn about some mm. new ones as well
0: So. Mm. likewise
1: What's about you, you, Rachel, as well? um, Where can people find you?
0: (laughs) I float around on the internet in various hats. Again, uh, usually search my name and I turn up. Uh, anywhere from YouTube to oh, Facebook oh, 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 to Twitter. Also,
1: what's a great Rachel what what's what's a great name for uh, a, a Christian redeemed? Is your real surname? It is not, my real surname? Is, I have it's, to deep it's not just, it. It's not just a uh, sort of no, gri- gri- Christian pen name. <laughs> <laughs> that's no. that, that's amazing. So yeah,
0: I'm honoured that's to it. carry it. Uh, so uh, yeah, at Rachel Redeemed probably will find me. Um, come and say hello. It would be joy to. Uh, get to know who's listening in.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you if you're listening or watching, uh, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you along for the ride.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Goodbye.